Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. We're counting down to kickoff. The Decider. Game three, Suncorp Stadium tonight. This is SENQ's State of Origin Countdown on 693 SENQ. Yeah, 10 hours and 58 minutes away, which means it is 12 minutes past nine. Thanks for your company this morning. Ben Davis with you for the next three hours on Queensland's new home of sport. What a day it will be. SENQ has got it covered all the way through to tonight's call which you're about to hear the Maroons version of it, Mark Braybrook, Scott Sattler, and Grant, of course, the rookie recruit, the prize winner, calling it all from Suncorp Stadium. Uh, Jack has sent this text too. Origin traditions, even when watching in Ireland at 10am, I had to have pizza. <laughs> Good on you, Jack. There we go. Origin food, what are your traditions? 131355046736736. Look, 42 years ago, Last Friday, the, the sporting landscape in this state, in this country, changed forever. State of origin was born, July 8, 1980. State against state, mate against mate. Arthur Beetson put one on the chin of his Parramatta teammate, Mick Cronin. How good was it? And on that night, Queensland won 20 to 10. And a big part of that came from our first guest. Beetson up the centre, back to Lang, sends it away to Meninga. Meninga to close, close cutting back the other way, catches the defence on the wrong foot, he's broken through, he's coming up to Eady, gets away from Eady, he's over underneath. Chris Close, great piece of work, you'll see it all come up again. Grace, Chris Close, a great piece of work indeed. A try and named man of the match. There's not too many more Queensland than this bloke. Chris Choppy Close. Chop, good morning to you. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm very well. Can I start by, on behalf of the state, saying thank you? Thanks, Benny. Yeah, that's really nice of you to say that, mate. And uh, although it's a long, long time ago, and for many people they weren't alive, you know, when that was all taking place, uh, for me it's just as important now as what it was then uh, to be, um, you know, feeling the way I feel about that particular night. It was a a great night not only for Queensland but for rugby league uh, in the world. And uh, it was an amazing experience to be a part of that. Well, I read recently, and I know, and you and I go way back covering Origins and, and being part of those those teams that are through the years. But you've just said in the last few days that if it wasn't for that match and if it wasn't for Queensland winning, we wouldn't have rugby league today. Yeah, and look, you know, there's things that um, that you know I've been privy to in conversations that I've had with people that were part of the orchestration of the first ever Origin game. You know, and, and we've had discussions around just how important that game was. And, and when we talk to people like Ken Arbison, who was the chairman of the Australian Rugby League, after Kevin Humphreys came on board, um, and it's, it's common knowledge that Kevin Humphreys and uh, Ron McAuliffe were the, were the instigators of the origin concept and mm-hmm. the introduction of it. It would have been a hell of a move, mate, a brave move to go in and, 
and suggest those massive changes after 100 years of, of uh, you know, regular stand, uh, standard uh, interstate games. And they <clears throat> made that decision. And obviously, they made that decision because they needed to reinstigate or reinvigorate the uh, representative arena from a rugby league point of view. And, you know, World Rugby League had come to a stage where Australia was unbeatable and none of the other countries compete. Uh, the state representative levels had become a stage where New South Wales were unbeatable. And people forget that. People don't understand that. Prior to origin, New South Wales uh, were, were massively strong and it was very one-sided and people were dropping off. They were playing games at Leichhardt Oval that I played in. There wouldn't have been any more than 1,000, 1,500 people at the, at the game and you know, they'd be there, 1,500 people and a dog, and a dog would go away at half time because we'd be getting flogged by 30 points. <laughs> so, you know, from a sponsorship point of view, from the, from the game surviving and from a reinstatement of the representative arena as being a, a very important part of rugby league, that game was absolutely um, uh, monumental in reinvigorating re, um, our game. Chris, um, uh, the, the, the generation coming through, then yourself, you were 20, uh, about to turn 21, if memory serves me correct. Mal Meninga turned 20 on that night. But then you had the spiritual leader. You had the godfather. You had Arthur Beetson, 35, maybe he was 135. He could hardly run, but he did jog out onto Suncorp, oh, or Lang Park as it was then. What was it like, that young group, yourself, Wally, Mal, and then Arthur comes in? What type of shadow did he cast over the group? Uh, it, it was an amazing um, influence on all of us. So I think there were eight of us in the t- side that were either 20, 21 or younger. And uh, th- it, it happened before the game. It happened before we ran onto the field. I mean, that was exciting in itself. But it happened when he addressed us. He, he approached us at our first training session at Corbett Park, which was the brother's home ground at the time. And uh, we went to training there. And, and a lot of us had never met Arthur in the flesh. You know, we'd probably brushed past him or whatever after games in, in previous years. But nobody had really, I don't think, uh, had a lot to do with Arthur. And I can remember we were all young blokes, well, tw- you know, eight of us were at least, standing in a circle. And Arthur walked into that circle and immediately started to, to address us with a purpose that uh, none of us had experienced before. And he also displayed a belief in, in us as a group of men, mate, that uh, nobody else had uh, in, in, um, instilled into us at that stage. And the words that he uttered were very simple, very basic, but very, very uh, resounding. And, um, you know, from that moment on, I'd, I'd fall in love with the man and I don't think I was the only one and I would have done anything for him. I'd have laid down my life Sh- for him all the state. Share it with us, Chop. What did he say? Yeah, look, he just looked us all straight in the eye and he said, listen, guys, you know, he said, I haven't had many opportunities to be here at this level in, in the um, Queensland Thing. This is a new concept, and, and you know, he, he, he sort of preamble with that. And he just looked at us and he said, "Look, I tell you now, guys, I didn't come here to, to muck around. I'll come out here to, to win. And if you guys don't think we can win, well, you know, there's the gate. Don't, don't let it hit you on the way out. But if you want to get in here and, and have a go, you've got to understand that these blokes are no different to us. They've got two eyes, two legs, two arms, and an arsehole. And if you don't think we can win, we won't. And you know, that just lit a fire in me that." Uh, still burns. It remains to this day, and I, and I believe that other people would have been affected by those words in a similar way, mate. So when we got to the stage there where we ran out onto the field, I was fortunate enough to have 
to be able to prepare for the game beside Arthur just it was just luck. My bag was beside him, and and I was excited, and so was everybody else. And and I watched him at 35, probably feeling, you know, am I entitled to be here, and how hard is this going to be? But he never it never showed, and and it was like a uh, a war chief preparing for war, and he was such a big man, and um, you know he started by dipping his big massive hand into a jar of Vaseline and shoving about six litres up each nostril and wiping it on his cheek, you know, and, and I'm, I'm watching this. And uh, the next thing he, he stands up and he pulls his jersey on and then he, he reaches into his bag and he grabs out an old pair of pantyhose full of resin. And a lot of young people wouldn't even know what resin is. It's stuff we used to pump on. It's probably poisonous. We used to pump it on your hands and that to make the ball stick. Yeah. And he stood in front of me like King Kong and he pounded it into his chest, into his jersey and and the, and the resin just clouded around him and I looked at him and there was a vision and I said, ah, I only swore, mate. I said, holy shit, we're going to war here. This isn't football. We're going to war. This is representing our state. And those words of, of you know, that moment has is, is, uh, really, you know, set my performance for that game and, and um, he let us out. He didn't say much. He just led us out into an arena that was deafening, absolutely deafening. And um, we were like, um, you know, 13 mutes on the field. We couldn't hear each other. Uh, the crowd was so loud. And it took about five minutes for that to settle down. And then away we went. And he led the way. He was a massive uh, leader and he had a massive influence in that game. G- give me a jersey and a pair of boots now, Chop. I want to run out. I, if you don't have the arm, the hairs on your arms standing up after that, you're, you're not alive. Chris Choppy, close, our guest this morning. Origin morning, 21 minutes past nine on the new home of sport here in Queensland, SENQ, 693 AM. Chop, one of the, one of the after you finished playing, one of the great honours instilled on you was asked to be team manager. Uh, 95, wasn't it? It was with Fatty and the, and the Nevilles. Yeah, well, it actually started in 94, mate. 94. Um, oh, know, the top, miracle top. try. How could I forget that, of course? Yeah. 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 And, you know, and look, you know, there's a whole story behind this. But at the end of the day, uh, Dick Tosser-Turner, who was the uh, manager of the of the Queensland side, recognised that, you know, we needed to make Origin different. We, we had to have a different platform. And, and um, you know, he, he wanted to bring people in that were current as far as, you know, relativity to the players. Mm. And bring many in the, who are agile and, and able to you know move quickly with the with the uh, requirement to to prepare that team, help the coach prepare their team, and make sure everything was right and in the right places. So, Tossa embarked upon a campaign to bring past players in, you know, of that era. And uh, I don't know what his uh, mindset was or what his thoughts were, but I was the first to be given an opportunity and. Um, and made I, I really grasped that opportunity. So my first year in camp as part of the team, I actually came in under his invitation and, and spent the entirety of the uh, three games uh, with him paying my bill and oftentimes <laughs> sleeping in the broom or closet or the uh, fire hydrant room or whatever, and um, you know making the meeting room up of a night time with a bed and then breaking it down for a meeting the next day. So. It was a baptism of fire, but I felt like I was in my element. I felt so proud to be there, and I would never have let him down either. He was a massive influence in my life, and uh, he was a massive influence on all of the young men that came into Origin. And over those years, you know, he set our sails uh, off the field that that remains, you know, still the, the blueprint that we're using now.
So, you know, it was 94 that I came in and, mm. and then 95 was the miracle year yeah. where, you know, nobody expected us to win. Wayne Bennett, you know, had uh, ditched us as the coach. He was nominated coach for 95 and he made a public statement, I think, of one of the greatest mistakes in his life where he said, you know, I'm not going to coach a second-rate team. And, you know, that's a big call to call a Queensland team second-rate regardless of who represents it, you know, and... I think maybe uh, he regrets that, but at the end of the day, it opened the doors for a, uh, what many people thought were, was a rugby league clown in, in Fatty Vorton coming in and taking that job. Now, what they didn't understand was that Fatty was, he, he's a, a student of rugby league. He, he's got a great rugby league brain. And um, he, he set a game plan in and, um, you know, we had fun and, and it was uh, a, a very solid game plan and, and it was a simple game plan and allowed those uh, players, those that team of no-names and second-raters, to win a series 3-0 after winning the first game 2-0. You know, mm. that, you can't script this stuff, Benny. This is, this is history uh, making itself and making itself remarkable. And nobody except the team uh, that played that year expected to win that series 3-0. And I can tell you that every one of those players were absolutely deserving of the of the uh, accolades that they received. When when Hollywood finally catch up and start making a movie about this, or it's probably going to be on Netflix these days. When they do that '95 series, the the, the Nevilles, the everything that the, the stories that came out of it, Ben Iken moving into the lift with Fatty and telling him to go away, it's players only, all that stuff. But I, I want you to take us inside the hospital ward. You're sitting on the bed with Gilly. And fatty, well, well, and, he's on a, and he's on a drip, isn't he? He, he? he was. He wasn't in the hospital ward by this stage. He, he actually ended up in hospital after the game. But before the game, we had the we had his room set up as a hospital ward. Oh. So we had a you know. Quite so he had a drip in his room. Up. Yeah, and um, you know we had the doc. We had a resident doc with the team all the time. Roy yeah. Saunders. He yeah. was there. He was calling dots, and you know it came, became very apparent that uh, Gilly was sick. You know, he was crook. He had blood poisoning. And um, uh, Roy summoned uh, myself, Fatty and Tosser into the room to make a decision on, you know, what Gilly was going to do. And there was all sorts of conversation. And Roy explained just how dangerous it was and what a position that Gilly was putting himself in. And, you know, if, the, if it all went wrong, he could drop dead, <laughs> which is... In hindsight, pretty serious shit. But, you know, when we're sitting there talking about it and we're thinking about beating New South Wales and performing at our best and here's Gilly with his first opportunity to captain the team. And uh, we're, we're there, you know, and um, as the conversation unfolded, you know, we all, we all asked our opinion. And, and when it got to me, um, you know, and Roy had just finished explaining that um, he could die, I just said, well, what a place to go, Gilly. If you're going to die, mate. How good would it be to die at an Origin game after captain the victory? And that, and he said, and he said, "Mark it on playing." <laughs> oh no! How good! How good! He could have kicked the bucket, but no, he's got to get out there and play. Oh, outstanding stuff! No, Roy, Roy prepared him and he played, and he left the dressing shed and went straight to the hospital, mate. You know, on a drip and yeah. into the bed, and and even then, he knew the celebrations were going to be unbelievable. So. He tried to sneak out uh, about 11.30 with the drip still attached onto the trolley. And it was only the the night security guy caught him going out the door. And he said, where are you going? (laughs) You're after that road, mate. 
<laughs> oh, no, no, we're, no, we're just getting rid of fresh air. But he was heading back to Belmont. So, yeah, great story just still. Oh, Chris, great stories. And we could talk all morning about them. There's two things I want to get off you before we have to uh, sadly say goodbye. What, what, one of them is tonight. What, what happens tonight? What do you see in this team that has had COVID chaos, losing its best player, throwing a debutante into the number six jersey to start? What do you see about this team that's going to get us across the line tonight? If you're Tommy Dearden... Uh, this is what dreams are made of. And um, <clears throat> he'll get his opportunity tonight to give everything he's got for Queensland, the state of Queensland, for everybody that he represents. And uh, it will depend on his effort and the effort of every other player. And, and they'll be hurting pretty badly after the result in game two. I thought our second half was diabolically bad. And uh, we went missing. And here's a, a chance to atone for that. But more importantly, here's a chance to represent your state, you know, and, and do it with everything you have and be willing to give everything that you've got and have nothing left in the tank at the end of the game. And regardless of the result, if we do that, we're a big chance of, of winning. And uh, Tommy's going to be, play a very big part in that, as will Ben Hunt and all the other players that have come in on, uh, on the back of game two. So I think that we can win. We've done it before, and we've won without Wally. We've won without Artie. We've won without Elfie. Uh, and we can win again. So I'm, not, I'm not worried about that, mate. Final one, Chop. I'm asking this morning, what are your origin traditions? What do you do on Origin Day now? What's Origin Day look like for Chris Choppy Close in 2022? Oh, look, you know, it's an anxious day regardless of what you've got planned. Um, you know, I, I go about my business as normal, but you, you do become very anxious. And as I get closer to the kickoff, I'm, I'm going to the game tonight with a group of work colleagues. Uh, there's 12 of us. We're going to the Fogs reunion before we get there. Have you got your maroon on now? You know, no, not yet. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a, a great uh, occasion for us. And then... You know, when it comes to kickoff, I'll be anxious, mate. I'll be anxious as, as buggery and, and I'll be making sure that um, I keep my head on, you know, and I don't get too carried away uh, because it, it does affect me and I take it seriously and every game counts in origin. It's not club football. You don't go back and get another chance next week. This is the finality for 2022 tonight. It's at our home ground. You can't take that serious. You're not fair dinkum. So that's how I'll be uh, approaching it, mate. Outstanding, Chop. Always a pleasure to talk to you. It is uh, raw, it is in your face, but it is state of origin supreme. Thank you, mate. Enjoy tonight. Go the Maroons. You're a great man, Benny. Thanks, mate. Chris Choppy Close. Does it get any more Maroon than that? He is, well, is he the godfather of state of origin? I think now we, we, we've lost Tosser, we, we, we've lost Arthur. Choppy, he's the custodian. He was there, the original. I know Wally's still there. Uh, is still around, and, and Mal, obviously, but that right there is Marone personified. Chris Choppy Close, raw, unbridled, it's all passion. It's coming up to 29 and a half away from 10 here on Origin 3, the decider, Origin Morning, SENQ, 6.93am, the new home of sport here in Queensland. Vanessa Gibson has the news. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.